Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate teen mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, how is everyone? I'm good. I'm having a great week. I'm actually recording this a day earlier than normal because I'm the most productive person in the entire world. Yes, you heard me, the entire world. There is nobody in the entire world that is more productive than me. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I've been to the gym three times this week. You know, it's just, just going great. So, big Teen Mom news of the week is sad. Actually, unfortunately, the big Teen Mom news is that Caitlin had a miscarriage. Apparently, she had a miscarriage sometime around November, right before she went into treatment for the first time. And it's possible that that is why she has been in and out of her treatment facility. It's very sad. We will supposedly be seeing scenes next week where she finds out she's pregnant and has Nova in a big sister shirt. And they surprise Tyler. I feel really awful for them. I can only imagine how traumatic that is for Kate. I know it's traumatic for everybody, but yeah, I just, yeah, I feel like it'd be really extra traumatic for Kate because of her postpartum depression issues, her regular depression issues, and all the adoption stuff. So my heart's with Kate. (sighs) Poor girl. Oh, and Mackenzie McKee and her mom are getting some sort of MTV special. MTV is there filming today. Angie is not doing well. She apparently can barely speak. She can't stand any loud noises. She has so many tumors on her lungs that they can't even give her a number. And MTV is giving her some sort of special. Now, you guys know I love Damala McKenzie. And I am glad she's getting a special because... Let's face it, I'm sure her parents need the cash. It's incredibly expensive to have cancer. Incredibly. I I don't know how much money they raised on their GoFundMe, but I'm sure they need more. I mean, her parents are not wealthy people. It's not like Mackenzie is particularly wealthy to support them. So, you know, if MTV can swoop in and give them 25 grand or whatever the going rate for the specials is, then that's great. However, I don't know how interesting it will be for me. I'm sure it'll be sad, but I can't imagine that this will be, how do I phrase this? That this will be anything short of like heavily evangelical for the whole time. And I just don't know how interested I am in watching that. I guess I'll be interested in seeing how MTV, because I mean, I'm going to watch it. If Mackenzie's on TV, I'm going to watch it. And I love to cry. So I would like for it to be sad. (laughs) That's awful. I mean, it is sad. It's a terrible thing what's going on. But I do like crying and watching sad things. So I will like that aspect of it, I'm sure. But I wonder how MDV will find a balance between being very, very Christian and being relatable to the mass audiences because there's never been a heavy Christian bend on Teen Mom or really any MTV shows. And I think... Viacom and MTV are probably hyper aware of the fact that they don't want to be 
too in your face with it. So I guess it'll be interesting. But anyway, yeah, Angie is not doing well, unfortunately. It's quite, quite, quite sad. Um, and on on that on those two pleasing notes. Ugh, sad teen mom news. Oh, also Ensley and Watson both turned one. Ensley's birthday was the 24th and Watson's is the 25th. So happy first birthday, Ensley and Watson. Janelle did a little photo shoot instead of having a party, which was cute, I guess. And of course, Chelsea did her full Pinterest lumberjack party. I hope now that he's over a year, the lumberjack and flannel will stop, but we know that's not going to happen. So let's get into the episode. Farah is in Italy still. And she is spending time with Michael and Amy while Deb is on her own. And they go to, like, some pottery place to sculpt. And Farrah's wearing that crazy outfit we saw her wearing last week. The -the off-the-shoulder bandeau-type thing in the skirt in the weird material. It was just... Wow, I'm great at describing outfits. I watched this YouTube vlogger that I don't even particularly like. She got paid a shit ton of money to do a haul. You know, like a sponsored video. And the whole time she sat there and she's like, I'm so bad at describing outfits. I'm like, wow, good thing you're getting paid $20,000 to describe outfits to us right now. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) uh, Farah, so they go to this like sculpting place and they're going to make pottery. That's not the right word, but I don't know anything about art, to be honest. They're going to make sculptures is the word that I'm looking for. And Farah tell Sophia to make her to make Farah, but make her boobs bigger, which I thought was a very weird remark to make to your eight-year-old. Just another inappropriate thing. Oh, also this week, Farah, oh my god, posted a picture on Sophia's Insta story that was like naughty, um, or, like, grown-up candy hearts, and one of them said, send nudes. So, on the eight-year-old's Instagram account, and I'm doing that all in quotes, because obviously it's Farrah's Instagram account, and she runs it, but it does have Sophia's name on it, there was a very clear candy heart that said, send nudes. Just when you think it, like, can't get worse, it continues to do so. Also, I want to read something really good. And that is Farrah's latest Instagram rant. As we saw at the end of this week, she's supposedly getting fired next week. I still don't understand if she's fired or not. In one breath, Farrah says she hates the show, and the next breath is all over her social media. I don't understand, but she posted a clip of the preview that MTV's been playing, and this is what it says. (sighs) Deep breath. Let me get into character. I appreciate this great example of being a strong woman through some deceitful, horrible, plotted, contrived times on this show. It's really horrible when people play dumb, act ignorant, like they have no clue of what they do to get away with their wrong actions. Kristen, don't even, Kristen, don't ever conspire and do illegal behavior with men and women to treat a single mother, her child, and my parents and friends badly. My favorite part of that is that she goes from third person to first person. Love that. I've wasted my breath talking to both you and Jordan had amazing I wasted my breath talking to both you and Jordan had amazing jobs and paychecks for a year and to act stupid and continue to upset and go against my beliefs life expectations I set clearly from day one I would be embarrassed for you Jordan and Morgan act lie and treat families there's a fine line of ethics job duties in my life which you were never part of 
Do your work as a producer and stop trying to take my energy with your pathetic negative behavior to you, Morgan, and everyone in the post. Justice will be served. Have a great life away from mine because none of you lead ethical, moral, safe environments in our example of horrible producing for docuseries. Legit fail of tracking my real life story. This isn't a daily interview and fake interest as you portray again. I might as well be on a scripted soap opera as the stupid energy and contrived scenes are a waste of my of time to my real life and real challenges. For the fans of Teen Mom and other parents, I've shown and always tried to make Teen Mom the best it can be and stick to the reality of all my single mother struggles. One out of ten women overcome the obstacles of teen motherhood. It's taken me countless years of therapy, family therapy, self-improvement, coaching, opening three businesses, traveling the world, and educating myself beyond our traditional systems hmm. so that I can lead teams, make the best TV, be the best person I can be, and be credible for all my works I achieve. <laughs> I owe everything to God and to all the negatives I turn into positives. I see how others can hate or be jealous, but no one has overcome the hurdles I have. No one strives to have work ethic as I do. And no one truly takes responsibility for all their actions as I have. My social justice is a success for the MTV Team Mom project. It's in the... And then emojis. I... Where where do you even start? Like I said, I love that line where she goes from third person to first person where she says... There's a fine... I can't find it. This thing... Oh, also, obviously, there's, like, no paragraph breaks as this is Instagram. And this is just... It's so long and so incredible. I love how she says, no one has had it as hard as me. Okay. No one has ever taken responsibility for all their actions like she has. No one strives to have work ethic as I do. And my social justice is a success for the MTV project. (laughs) She also posted a picture of Trump and Marilyn, excuse me, Trump and Anna Nicole Smith together. I almost said Trump and Marilyn Monroe, which is not possible. She She's so incredibly disconnected from reality. And I don't understand because, you know, someone posted an Emotionally Broken Zygo's Facebook group that her cousin's fiance works at the furniture store and says that fair is like totally normal and nice and fine to work for. But then she posts these things on social media, and I just don't understand who the real Farah is. I'm just going to read one more of her posts, because I'm sorry, I just can't help it. They're so good. Never apologize for being an ambitious, confident, and strong-minded woman. As woman. Women. Not woman. It says women with an A. As I become the best Farah I can be, I won't let a man or network belittle me. Two words. Belittle. Try to break me, lie about who I am to my core. I'm bullied, surrounded, and hurt by all the manipulation I no longer will allow as a protective mother. This vulgar behavior, these crews aren't trustworthy, this, quotes, MTV family is a disgusting gang of power-tripping failed producers and executives who have failed. Thank you for canceling my dating show, purposely provoking made-up hate to try to limit my episodes. Your actions have consequences like Team Mom should have made you aware. Period. I am the moment, the best storyline, the best fair I can be. And it's disgusting, horrible, that Viacom, Larry, Morgan, and cast members over the 10 years I've worked with them always plot schemes, spew their false jealousy and jealousy, hateful discrimination, and harass someone for their sexual freedoms. <laughs> I will no longer allow this 
hateful, horrible show around my family. It's sad producers ruin their top leading network shows because they let their ego politics, hate discrimination, and horrible sexual harassment behavior ruin a show. Statistically, I'm one out of 10 teen moms who overcame the struggles and difficulties and excel. I've shown my life to the utmost so we can all watch and grow as I've done this at, Vi- at Viacom doesn't say true to social cause. My social justice has been served in the fighting this horrible stigma surrounding being a teen mom. My brand has outshined the teen mom brand. I'm not glamorizing teen pregnancy. My brand and who I am is fashionable, comma, with class, comma, makeup, etc. <laughs> this is how I was raised. And if that's glamorous, then let it be. <laughs> Sorry. What? I started the show and I've outgrown the show and moving on from this show. I'm not stuck down in a teen mom pit with fake friends, relationships, horrible producing, not safe for my child environments, unlawful (laughs) unlawful ethics and companies, depression, etc. I couldn't conduct myself like Viacom's horrible, disgusting ethics, and I certainly am raising my daughter to treat better... Treat people better than MTV's horrible behavior. Our next generation should learn to be, learn to love humans and treat each other with kindness. Thanks be to God. <laughs> My favorite part is when she describes her who she is as fashionable with class, makeup, etc. <laughs> In the comments, she also says, "I own three businesses and two college degrees." Which is funny because she says, like, I own two college degrees, which is not a phrase. And also, uh, what college degree, what two college degrees? She has an associate's. She has an associate's from a for-profit university, which, like, you do you. That's awesome that you have an associate's. But, like, since when does she have two college degrees? I don't think so, hon. Honestly, (laughs) I just love reading her Instagram rant so much. And I would really love for this whole podcast... To just be, you know, Instagram, Ferris Instagram rants. I think that would be a really great show. Let me know if you want that to be the podcast. Anyway, back to the episode. Not that much actually happened in Ferris segment. Um, So they plan the engagement. Michael and Ferris plan the engagement. Deb is going to be there. They're going to go to the grotto. The, as Ferris says, the grotto is supposed to illuminate green, which is like rich, green, richness, good vibes, money. <laughs> and we see the whole family, including Deb, drive around in a convertible and Capri. It's like a cute little scene. A lot of this episode was filler for Farah. There wasn't any good drama. Um, It's the next day and they all take the boat to Capri. No, they're in Capri. They take the boat to some place that's called emerald grotto actually i really only think they're in capri because on the side of the convertible it said 100 percent capri so i'm assuming they're in capri italy but like i don't actually know that i don't know if they said where they were i don't know where the emerald grotto is so if you're sitting at home and screaming uh no you idiot she was in insert another italian city then that's totally fine i'm admitting i don't really know where they were so Farah wants to tell Deb that Michael's proposing so she won't be annoying. (laughs) I love it. I love when she says stuff like she's just like helping everybody out so Deb won't be annoying. Like, what about you, Farah? Are you being annoying? (laughs) So funny to me. Farah or 
like Farrah pulls Michael aside right before he walks in and she's like, okay, are you ready? And Michael kind of starts crying and wants to give her a hug. And you can just tell how uncomfortable Farrah is with people expressing emotion. Farrah's like, okay, like, don't cry with me. Like, go inside, dad. Dad, okay. Like, she (laughs) gives him, like, an awkward hug. She has no desire whatsoever to, like, allow Michael to feel any feelings around her. Which, personally, I think is fucking hilarious. It's really, really funny to watch. Now, is it something that I would want in my life? Would I want a person in my life who can't express emotions or is totally uncomfortable with it like that? No, not particularly, but I like to watch it on my TV. By the way, I really don't want Farrah to be fired. I, like, hate Farrah, but I like to watch her. What is, what the fuck is Team Mom OG going to be without Farrah? First of all, what is this podcast going to be without Farrah? Because what, I'm only talking about three girls a week? That's really, it's really going to shorten this pod. Second of all, how much can they, like, spread her firing out? Does that mean we only have two more episodes of OG? They haven't filmed a reunion yet. We have not seen any peep of a reunion. I wonder if Amber will be attending a reunion because she's, I don't know, six months pregnant seven months pregnant. Who knows how pregnant she actually is. Ooh, that's another one we'll talk about in a min. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is Farrah fired? What are we going to do, guys? If Farrah's fired, what are we going to do? I mean, I guess I could still do a segment every week and I could just record all of Farrah's Instagram lives <laughs> and then just play them on this podcast. What if I just turn this podcast into, like, recording Team Mom Insta stories and playing them back? Would you guys be interested? No talking from me. <laughs> that's that's all you'll know I'm, like, really overdoing this podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so they go into this grotto and Michael proposes to Amy. He... Oh, well, we get a little voiceover of Farrah saying she hopes Michael doesn't screw it up, which is, first of all, rude. Like, he's not going to, as long as he says, will you marry me, it'll be fine. And Michael, like, grabs Amy's hand and just, like, picks up his phone. And because they're on a boat, he, like, doesn't get down on one knee. And so I don't think Amy really knew what was going on for a minute. And then she figured it out. She starts crying. He reads some poem that's like, roses are red, violets are blue, Amy, you're so sweet. I didn't write it down. Somebody on Reddit said he cried when watching this, and I cried during a lot of things, but I'll have to say, this this did not make me cry. Something about Michael crying makes me extremely uncomfortable. Michael, I don't think there's anybody who gives me quite the creep vibes Michael gives me. Like, if I, I don't, Michael radiates a fucking pervert creep to me. I just can't help it. The way his face is, the way he speaks, his voice, his very soft voice makes me uncomfortable because I think he's a very angry, mean person when he wants to be. So that soft voice makes me extremely nervous, first of all. Second of all, I just, I don't know, guys. I just, there's something about Michael. Look. I'm not saying he is like a predator because we have no evidence of that, but he reads like a predator to me on my TV screen. And now that might be the fault of just like him being weird on camera. And maybe in real life, he's a lovely, lovely gentleman. But 
I just don't like Michael. He makes me feel weird. I get a weird tingling in my spine that I always listen to. (laughs) And so Amy says yes, of course. Everybody's happy. Everybody's crying, except Farrah doesn't give a fuck. Um, Deb starts crying when they get out of the grotto. Was she in the grotto? When did she start crying? But Deb starts crying and saying congrats and that she's really happy. And Deb buys them, like, a plate of Italy to commemorate it. And they all go out for brunch. And Deb's like, how many women can say they were there when their ex-husband proposes? Have we broken through or what? (laughs) Which, you know what? Like, I will say props to Deb. Besides that fight she had with Farrah that Farrah 100% picked... I think Deb was on essentially her best behavior and did really well and tried really hard to be on her best behavior. And I think we all know it's not easy for Deborah. I think we all know that. And Deb makes such a weird comment that she's like, I've never had so many carbs. Like, Italy's a really high-carb country. And it's like, yeah, is that not the most obvious thing about Italy? (laughs) That it's a really high-carb country? And then, of course, Farrah can't help herself. And she's like, isn't this such a better trip than Key West? As she says to Sophia. And, of course, Sophia agrees. And Farrah's like, I just really feel like voca- vacations without your, signif- your significant other are just better, as sad as it is, to Deb. And Deb doesn't bite. She doesn't bite. She says, all I can say is that I love you both very much. I was impressed, and this goes back to my belief that I talked about extensively last week, that Farah is trying so hard to punish Deb, and she's trying to out-manipulate Deb, but she fucking can't. Deb is the ultimate manipulator. It's where Farah learned all her tricks, and the only time that Farah can get Deb is when Deb is drunk. That is the only time that Farah gets him, gets her, and so she normally never bites. Ugh, she normally never bites except when she's drunk. And then they get into huge fights, but she wasn't drunk at lunch. So she just let Farrah say her peace of mind and went on her merry way. And that was all that happened this week for Farrah. This was actually not that great of a Teen Mom episode. I think this was, for me, an enjoyable Teen Mom episode to watch. I like liked this episode, but I'm not sure how much there was to actually discuss. So I'm going to go on to the other... Or not the other, but the most interesting segment of the week, which was Amber. I have a lot to talk about with Amber. And I just want to get into it now. I don't... I mean, I'm going to recap the episode, but I just want to get into it now off the bat. Because this is what I want to talk about. And I'm just going to take a five-second break right here before I do. Amber being off her meds is bananas. Now... I understand that borderline personality disorder is not treated by meds, but bipolar disorder is, and she is bipolar. And I understand that people go on and off their meds all the time, that people that have bipolar disorder, it's like a lifelong battle for a lot of people. You know, they get on their meds, they feel better, so they go off their meds. The producer listening to Amber and not questioning her or any of her bullshit is a prime example of why these girls need friends and that the producers are not their friends. Now, I personally don't get that darked out watching the producers. I know for some people, it really, really darks them out and it upsets them, but whatever. I don't really care if they're manipulating the cast members. 
But when Amber said that she's off meds because she's around positive people and being around positive people just, like, makes her feel great and she doesn't want to be on meds because she wants to be, like, fully aware of what's going on. And the producer nods her head and says, you look great. You're the happiest I've ever seen you look. It's so clear you're doing well. I wanted to throw my computer through my TV. Like, why? It just is insane that the amount that these girls are enabled for the sake of this show. It's truly upsetting. Like, it, it's truly upsetting for me to watch. Um, I think it's upsetting for everyone to watch. But that's why I'm here and that's why I'm watching. So let's get into our segment. The shock of finding out the pregnancies worn off. So she's, like, feeling a little better and wants to go around and do some things. And they go to meet a producer named Dia Dia D-I-A. I think it's Dia. And just so you know, I use Open Office, like word processor, because I don't have Microsoft Office on my computer. <laughs> and it has the weirdest fucking predictive text, the weirdest. And it's so sensitive, so I'm always hitting yes on, like, enter on the predictive text without even realizing it. And when I typed out DIA for her name, it predictive texted me diamond hyphen encrusted. What? <laughs> I guess I can understand it recommending diamond, but diamond encrusted. How often does anybody type that? Also, every time I type out, it wants me to do out hyphen of hyphen work. No, I'm not trying to use the phrase out of work. Yeah, that's a common phrase, but it's not that common. I would say just using the word out is pretty fucking common. Oh, I hate open office. I need to get Microsoft Word on my computer. If you have an extra code, holler at a girl. Um, so they go and tell Daya that she's pregnant, and Daya's like, what? <laughs> and Amber says that it was not a surprise because they weren't using birth control. Well, there we have it, folks. Amber and Andrew were not using birth control in any way, shape, or form. Daya's, like, a little confused on the timeline. She's like, but, I mean, you just, like, met each other. And Amber's like... Yeah, like almost three months ago. Now, we know the way that Amber and many of her teen mom brethren like to date their uh, dating dating relationships, date their relationships. If you'll remember, she'd been with almost Matt for almost three years for about a full year and a half. By the way, remember how I told you my at t was so fucked up? It just flashed off again. What the fuck? Anyway, <clears throat> she asked Amber, Di asked Amber how long they were dating Amber said that she was with Andrew for almost three months, which I'm guessing means two months. She's far enough along that she's missed a period and that she's testing positive on a home pregnancy test. And according to her, her stomach is already hard. So I'm guessing Amber and Andrew got, had sex and got pregnant the first time they had sex. Mm, or it's Matt's baby. <laughs> I mean, would any of us be surprised if it was Matt's baby? I wouldn't be surprised if it was Matt's baby. Although, I also, though, wouldn't be surprised if Amber and Matt stopped having sex, like, a full year before they left. I don't think... Okay, I'm about to get, like, really weird with it. I wouldn't be surprised if Amber and Matt very rarely had sex. Because I don't think that's what Matt's interested in. I think Matt is interested in, like, lying, scamming, cheating, and stealing. I think that's what gets Matt's rocks off. And, like, yeah, maybe sometimes he will have sex with, like, a random person and maybe he will, like, 
you know, sexually assault someone in a hotel room. But I don't think Matt and Amber were having a lot of sex. I just don't think that Matt cared enough. Well, no, that's not. I don't think Matt, like, pursued it with Amber like that. I think he wanted Amber to think they were, like, deeply in love. Not, and it wasn't about sex. So I bet Andrew and Amber are having sex all the time. And I bet that's part of why she's, like, so obsessed with him. Because she probably wasn't that attracted to Matt. Matt probably wasn't attracted to her. And Andrew seems, like, really genuinely into Amber. Now, who else liked Andrew this episode? Because I really did. Andrew seems normal, nice, funny, like he's really into Amber, genuine. Here's the thing, though. We all know his past. We know his, like, arrest history. And you know what? Like, Amber says that's in the past. And sometimes, like, it can genuinely be in the past. And you can be a totally different person. I know I've changed. I know I have. And I know I'm not the same person that I was four years ago when I was still using drugs and alcohol. So I'm not saying that it's impossible that Andrew changed. I just really questioned his motives. He has not seemingly worked since the marriage boot camp gig. I think Andrew is somebody that, like, gets a gig here and there, but doesn't, like, work hard, (laughs) is the impression that I'm getting. Because it's now January. As of this recording, it's January 25th. And Marriage Boot Camp filmed, I think, in July. I think at the beginning of July. Because I remember it was July 4th in the episode that Gary and Christina were talking about Amber being gone. So, Andrew, what you been doing, hun? Now, being Amber's job, being Amber's boyfriend is a full-time job, as we saw from Matt, as we're now seeing from Andrew. However, I mean, it makes me question. And also, like, anybody that gets with Amber, like, I have to question it. Amber's not nice. She doesn't seem fun to be around. She isn't a mother to her daughter. She has a violent history. You can see on TV her being psychotic. I just, you know, I just question the motives because like attracts like. And it's the reason that like Janelle will never get a good boyfriend. And it's the reason that Amber will never get a good boyfriend. Because what good guy is going to date Amber? And that's why I really question Matt. I mean, I genuinely excuse me that's why I really question Andrew oh I keep mixing up their names Andrew is not even similar to Matt in like any way but I just keep switching up their names I find Andrew though to be a very likable guy on camera he's like a big teddy bear I was watching this and I was like hmm I'd like to hang out with Andrew like I would like to go to the beach with Andrew I would like Andrew to come over and cook me dinner Andrew seems great So, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure attitudes will change. (laughs) They always do. But I don't remember Matt feeling like this when he came on, on stage. Because, I mean, that's essentially what it is, right? They come onto stage. I, I feel like Andrew is one of the first boyfriends that's come on screen that I've been like, huh, he seems okay. I would say Taylor also felt that way. Cole, I guess, because he was handsome. Cole was, like, fine. I didn't have negative feelings about him. But I can't remember another guy that I've been like, wow, like, I think I would want to spend time with him. I'm not saying I want to date Andrew. But I don't know. He came off really fucking likable. And you know what? For the sake of this new baby, baby James, that's about James Glennon that's going to be born, like, I hope he is a good, likable guy because he needs one parent in his life, as we've seen from Leah and Gary and Amber. 
Leah, we get a cute little scene of Leah, Gary, and Christina, and they're driving, and Leah's asking who her favorite is, and Gary's like, well, you know, when you were a baby, you were my favorite, but now Emily's here, and she's my favorite. <laughs> it was just so funny, and Christina was like, stop, he's just saying, like, Emily needs more attention, <laughs> and Emily's harder, and she's younger, so we had to, like, give her more attention. He's like, no, I'm not saying that, Emily's my favorite. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. They have a cute dynamic, the three of them. Although, really, they have, like, a family of five. But I feel like we only see the three of them as interacting in their family dynamics. I also noticed Christina was, like, so diplomatic in that scene. Like, she's just such a mom explaining, like, well, you know, we had to give Emily a lot of attention. <laughs> so cute. So cute. So we get a scene of Andrew talking to the producer and Andrew thinks, like, Amber feels bad because she's ruined the trip a little bit because she's sick. But he doesn't feel that way at all. And Andrew's like, he's like, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm, this is a little, like, shocking. I wasn't even planning on being in a relationship. And now, like, I'm here and she's pregnant. So Andrew's pretty shocked. But, you know, he says he's excited. He loves Amber so much. I don't know. <laughs> Do I buy it? Do I not? I just, guys, I'm so crazy on the fence with Andrew. <laughs> I haven't been un this undecided on a character in a long, long, long time. He says they only spoke once or twice while in marriage boot camp, but there was like a gravitational pool and that he only came to visit for like four or five days. And now it's two months later and she's pregnant. I noticed that he didn't include in there that he never left after those four to five days. So, you know, he decides to be nice and cook her a whole meal and he comes back in the house and is like has sweat all over him and okay did anybody else notice that amber was sitting like on the couch it didn't look like the tv was on unless they just didn't show us and she just looked like totally zoned out <laughs> like she i mean i the tv had to have been on or she was talking to the producers i don't know but she seemed like she was in her completely own universe but Andrew walks in, he's pouring sweat, and she's like, why are you sweating so much? Did you walk somewhere? Which is very life in Florida. Uh, Jesse made that a screen grab, a screen grab, and I sent it to my boss because he's always sweating when he goes out, and I'm always asking him, like, why he's so sweaty, and he, he laughed. So that's a story that happened. <laughs> Amber's like, he's like, yeah, I went out and I cooked our whole meal, and she's like, you what? You cooked? You you did? And it's like, where did she think he was for the last hour that it took him to go to the store and cook an entire meal? It was also cute. He, like, pulled ranch out of his pocket. And he's like, I got this for you. And she was like, you know me well. I don't know. I thought that was cute. So this is when Amber and Kiki talk. And Amber's freaking out a little bit. And she's like, you know, when I was a teenager, I just, like, didn't get how big of a deal it was. But now I understand it's, like, a huge deal. And she's just trying to focus on her good life now. And Kiki asks if Andrew's going to, you know, have a life in Indiana. And she's like, well, I want to move to Malibu. I would love to leave Indy, but this is where Leah is. And Kiki's like, so you're going to move to Malibu? And she's like, no, like, I can't. I would if I could, but, you know, I just can't. And I thought it was interesting because it's not like Andrew has a place in Malibu, but I guess Amber feels like she has unlimited bucks, so it really... She would buy a house. I mean, or try and buy an apartment. She couldn't buy a house in Malibu. Then we find out that Amber's been off her meds for over a month and that she doesn't need them because of Andrew. 
And she says, I do have bipolar, yes. I do have borderline, but I want to be aware. Oh, it's so sad. It's just like, it's startling that Kiki doesn't question her on it. Kiki has always been like a huge enabler. She's the one, if you remember that her text with Matt got leaked last year, and she was like, play and with the girl that Matt like had assaulted at that hotel in Vegas, Tiffany, and was playing both sides and was like trying to get Tiffany to admit to this assault and then warning Matt at the same time. Kiki is probably the shadiest of the producers, but that's probably what makes her so good at her job. She is Kate little Nova Nova Lee Rain's godmother, which is insane. Um so we see Amber and Andrew go to the beach, and Amber's like, okay, well, I have to go to a doctor right away, right when we get back. My stomach's already hard. I don't know how long she's implying, or how far along that she is, but she keeps saying, like, I wouldn't have this much faith if, like, I was pregnant with someone besides you. (laughs) And they both say, you know, it just doesn't matter. We're never going to hate each other. We love each other so much. Even if we don't end up together, like, we'll still be cool. I'll never have a bad word to say about you. Which is, like, they have not even been together three fucking months yet. <laughs> this is how everyone feels at three months into a relationship. It's crazy. And Amber says, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but I don't care. Even if we don't work out in the future, I would just never hate you. Ugh. This... This is tough. I'm real. Apparently, next week when Amber tells her family MTV released the scene, it does not go well, which is sad. But you know what can she expect? What can she expect? I I don't say she can expect anything else. Like she's having a baby with a fucking stranger, with a complete stranger, and that's sad and fucked up. And I genuinely hope that this baby like kicks in some maternal instinct that she never had with Leah and maybe this her and this baby are going to bond more because she won't be struggling with drug addiction probably like she did when Leah was born but I'm concerned that this baby is going to kick her mental illness into overdrive the postpartum hormones are just going to fuck her brain and yeah it's sad and upsetting and I'm genuinely concerned hey guys to hear the rest of this week's episode come on over to patreon.com slash e psychos thank you all so much have a great week bye this has been an episode of feathers in my hair an emotionally broken psychos patreon exclusive executive producers molly mcleer and liz bentley produced by nicole matthews special thanks to sarah Giovanna for our logo head on over to our patreon page for more rewards www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.